Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, howdy ho, Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast. This is episode 446. Detroit Lions are playing both sides. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcaster Reddit. I am your ever-dashing heartbreaker of a host chris and with me is my good friend and equally gorgeous co-host jeff the riz risden how you doing bud i kind of like the whole icicle hair thing we got going on getting new bangs maybe it it, it fits like like i try to pull the visor look off and and like i got i got a cool visor my daughter got me one for christmas last year and god bless her i just can't pull it off like i I don't know what it is so maybe it's the icicles maybe i need to have things hanging down i don't I always thought you had the right kind of hair for a visor. That the pop over the front is the way it's supposed to look. For fashion advice for our listeners, that's how we're going to start today. But I always said you had the you had a good look for that. I think you can pull I, the I visor. Gotta, I got to keep trying that. Um, I did get my hair cut last week, and I got it. Uh, so I, I I'm cheap. So I go to uh, I went to Great Clips, um, and I actually got a good one. Um, well, you call you can be judge that, but I, I was pretty happy with it. Um, sometimes you get the the roulette wheel of. Uh, Formerly incarcerated hairdressers at, at Great Clips, but I got a good one this time. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. We had one that we were nervous about when my son was younger, like that he might have liked my son a little too much. So we <laughs> stopped going there. It was, it was interesting. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about in today's show. We will be reviewing the heartbreaking Bills game and what a game it was. There's a lot to talk about there. Um, what a team this team is. What We'll talk about Jamison Williams, Williams J-Mo, and his potential return. We've got Jared Goss performance on the slate. And it's interesting because Riz and I are kind of representing different different looks at this. I don't know if it's a different position, to be honest with you, but it's a different look at what we saw. So we'll get into that, and I think that'll be pretty interesting. Uh, playoffs, we'll take a look at those. We'll see what's going on with the Lions and that. And we'll look ahead to the Jacksonville Jaguars. we got a whole lot going on. It's a great show. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Soccer wizard. He gets it. Like and sub, people. All right, let's go with this. Let's get into it right away. First and foremost, we have to talk about St. Jude. The auction is alive. Auction.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Get down there. Auction.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. There's Lions tickets for two separate games available right now. One of them from the Lions comes with parking. The Campbell and Holmes print, the most wonderful heart. It's so incredible, Chris. It is so cool. We got permission to put a couple of those out. All for St. Jude. Proceeds all go to St. Jude. We got a Frank Gore full-sized autographed helmet, which is smoking. We've got a bunch of jersey, a bunch of jerseys. Uh, Jamal Williams, Penny Sewell, uh, DJ, Aruare, a whole bunch of guys. Hear me roll that off the head. That's not good news. Uh, there's a two-person spring steelhead river fishing charter available out there. $500 value, you guys. Uh, a couple mini helmets. We have some more balls that are signed coming as well i have to be careful with that there's also of course as always coming, Chris? Really? <laughs> yeah. um signed by some people that are you're, you're gonna want 
So save your pennies, have it ready. All this stuff comes due on the 10th at 6 a.m. at the end of our 24-hour show. Uh, the, the auctions will be over. We'll announce the winners. We'll talk about them at the end of the show. If anyone's around, we'll even have them on to talk about their winnings. But there's more coming. We've got some sweet De- uh, DeAndre Swift signed balls. We've got uh, some TJ Hawkinson stuff coming as well. Hey, might as well. He was a lion. Let's let, you know you get a chance to get it in there. Some uh, signed, uh, certified uh, real stuff and a whole bunch of other stuff. We've got some great guests, li- guests lined up. A national guest is a maybe right now that will blow the socks off of you. I guarantee you see him on YouTube every day and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, Lions related people that you guys are going to love. This 24 hour show is going to be the best. You might have seen the crappy Xerox. Now you get the real thing coming up. So thank you for coming and uh, join us it's as we try to raise some money. Can I bring up one of the one of the ones that's not Lions related that, that's in the auction? Yeah, I, I saw a Charles White helmet yeah. from USC. Yeah, yeah. So I have a little story about that. I, Charles White was like the first like per, I met him at a at a resort in the Cleveland area right after he got drafted. He was the 1979 Heisman winner, I want to say. Yeah, got drafted 79. by the Cleveland Browns in the first round. I met him at a resort. Um, he wasn't the nicest person at first. But I think he, I think he or the people that he was with realized that he was kind of put offish. So he bought my family breakfast, like from that day, like because we ran him into the restaurant, and I'm like, I'm a little kid, I'm like eight years old, seven or eight years old. Right. I went over, I'm like, can I get your autograph, Mr. White? I'm like, this is really cool, and uh, he kind of kind of blew it off. So, so uh, I, I am bidding on that because uh, that's 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 like a big story in my opinion. Yeah, we, we, we're, we're Charles White fans. They want to be a really good dude. Um, wasn't the greatest football player, but was wound up being a really good guy. Yep, yep, '79 Heisman winner. Uh, he's and he signed it that way. Also got a uh, Hall of Famer from the Bills, Joe Delamere. Blocked. Joe Delamalure. Delamalure, thank you. The head of the electric company. He's in the Hall of Fame. He was also a Cleveland yep. Browns legend. Yes. Um, played there when Charles White was there. Yeah, he blocked for O.J. Simpson. Yes, he did. <laughs> uh, really good stuff. And then, of course, the Frank Gore. Some really, really good stuff there. Colin Newton, thank you, brother. Great donations. He helped us put this stuff together. Uh, got us some gr- the the Malcolm Rodriguez poster. He got us some great jerseys. I mean, great, great work. Him and Pro Sports Zone working together. Thank you, boys. You are the best. Appreciate it. Um, wasn't Charles White that went up against Billy Sims for the Heisman? I don't know. Yes. I think they was it. I thought they were a year apart. Uh, Billy was the next year. Yeah, yeah. But Billy was also in the '79 mix. Um, that was also Arch Schleister time. Yeah. And uh, if if we're Pressed for content on the 24-hour auction show, St. Jude show. I will talk about Art Schleister because uh, I have some stories there, too. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right. So good stuff there. The St. Jude 24-hour show, the 9th and 10th of December. Um, you you can get all that great stuff at auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. Get your hands on it. Some good stuff there. And it's going to be more is going to be added over the next two, three days. So don't miss it at all. The auctions end during the show, 6 a.m. on December 10th. So make sure you watch. So join us there. Also, you can donate direct and it's tax deductible. Every penny of it to stjude.org slash DLP. We got some great uh, donations in there that we wanted to call out today. Uh, I think it's important that we uh, we talk about some of those things that happen. Even when we're not on the air, there's some really great people that are tossing uh, some donations our way. We will talk about them as we get a little later because we got to get into Lions stuff. All right. Uh, thank you, SVance11, for your subscription. Please, folks, subscribe and like the podcast. We appreciate that. helps us out a great deal. I'm not going to go into all the algorithms and all that stuff. But if you do that, it does help us out a great deal. All right. Let's start it off. The Bills game, brother. <clears throat> we yeah. I, So... I said we were going to do a 
post-game show if the Lions won. If you remember, I said, I'll throw one together on Thanksgiving, which we always take off because it's family time and that's what we need to do. And it was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And so there we were and it was halftime and I freaked out and said, we may have to eat a little late and ran up and started setting up everything in the studio because it's like, holy crap, we might have to do a a show, right? I mean, so I got it all like threw it together and into the third quarter uh, and then we wound up losing. It was, it was heartbreaker. But I just want to say to everyone that was at the game, you are the men, women, people. You are awesome. That crowd was absolutely lit. That's one of the best games I've seen from the Lions on TV, I think, ever with the crowd. Wow, man. Wow. They were into it. They were engaged. They were cheering at the proper times. It was it was really cool. So uh, I watched the game. I was with my family in Ohio in the Cleveland area, and we watched it. And so other than my mom and dad, like my brother um, and his his wife and kids and my sister and her husband and kids, they're not really into football all that much, but they watched the game with us, and they were like, wow, that sounds really loud, like live. Like, yeah, yeah, baby. Yeah. Like they, they, they didn't know who Jared Goff was. That That's the level of football fandom that I was dealing with. And they're then they were they were into it, man. They they were engaged and excited and and felt you know they felt we felt the crowd you know two hours away. It yep. was it was really cool. It was a great way for like I never get to spend time with with all of my family, so it was great to to be with that and to have the Lions be a part. Of that it was it was cool, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was awesome. And let's face it, the Bills were seven and three. I did not expect even to be close to having to put together stuff for a, for a post game show. We all walked in and said, Hey, wouldn't it be something? Wouldn't it be a dream to win? And to put it down to the last second like that power to the fuck, the coaches power to the players power to uh, the fans in the building, all of them. What a great, great event. And I know there's a lot of people mad. You're never happy to lose, but to see that kind of showing, uh, nationally, I mean, we walked away from that. That's the weirdest part about this whole, that whole game was the national media was like, the lions have arrived. The lions are working. This is a rebuild that's in motion. This is great news. This is, it was all just effusive praise. And then you go see the lions, locals, <laughs> the fans, and it's like the house is burning down. It's like, what, what am I looking at here? Very strange juxtaposition, wasn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. like, and I, I relate from my family's point of view, they're like, they are so much better than the Browns are. They're so much better than the Steelers are. Like the, 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 that's a good football team. Like how come they're four and seven? <laughs> well, I had, I'd explain a few things, but you know, like they're they were like encouraged, and most of the national response. I and mean, even today, I, I listen to the Sirius XM NFL radio when I'm driving around, uh, and, and I listen to one of the the midday shows. Uh, and this is again somebody that has no connection to the Lions at all. They're like. That's a good football team. That's a well-coached football team that is getting better and is going to be a problem. Yeah. I'm very closely paraphrasing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, wow, man, that, that's that's the national view. And it's crazy that the national view is so much more optimistic and positive and just generally feeling good about the Lions than the local perspective is. And that's that that's kind of weird, Chris. Y'all don't have the stomach for a rebuild. One that you've had so many that didn't work, though. To be fair, fans have had so many that that so many false starts and false promises that it's easy to very quickly bail. You don't want to be hurt again. But this this one, boy, this one feels and smells a whole hell of a lot different than anything we've seen in since Wayne Fonts, really. 
it, it feels like the slow buildup is working. Yep. Like, and, and, and that was the promise, you know, with the six year contracts and with year zero last year instead of year one. Yep. Like, I think we all, well, we, we personally, you and I, Chris, and, and a lot of other people have tried to reinforce that and dampen down the, the playoff talk for this year, even though we are going to get to that later. But I think the, the national perspective was this team was awful last year. Like one of the worst we've ever seen. Uh, and I'm not sure that they're going to get that much better this year. And the, the fact that, that so many young players are stepping up and showing development and showing progress from the last time a lot of people saw them, which was week two against Minnesota, was kind of the last time that a lot of people paid attention to the Lions. And now they've seen them against the Giants and now the the, the Bills uh, in the last couple of weeks. And mm-hmm. people are like, man, like that, that's, a, that's a much better football team in week 12 than it was in week two. Yeah. And that's exactly what the goal is for this team. Yep. To keep building up on that. Don't have the, the race up the, the roller coaster only to go back down. Like just keep going up, keep going up, yep. and then you stay there for a while. Yep. That's 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 what this regime wants. That's what they're trying to do. And so far they're like they're not up to the they're not to the top of the hill yet. They're not even close to the top of the hill yet. But I don't see them sliding back down while they're still going up. Yeah, and that's my overriding impression from the last four weeks. Yep, for sure. Um, Nick Rodriguez, Goff is going to lead us to Chris's first playoff win post game show. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> don't don't make the ru- the blood run from my head like that. <laughs> that would be ideal, God. And and he is. And it's funny. It's that question that I love to ask. If Goff gets a playoff win, is he a better quarterback than Matthew Stafford? And people are just going to, it's like such a, just a, a stuttering mumble answer. Cause there's not, it's, I love it. I love it. it I love twisting people's brains. You like know, that. my answer, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to win. I well, don't really care. <laughs> let's first get to something you do care about. Um, the apology letter to James Houston that you've got partially written right now. And uh, maybe you could just do the, the verbal start to that after last week. <laughs> Boy, this is yeah. probably one of the biggest swings and misses we've seen. Cool. <laughs> Let me and hit it the... was refuted like, right away. Like, like, like that was James Houston sending a personal middle finger at me, like flaming in the air. Um, yep. And I deserved it. Yep. I'm happy for him. I'm glad. Like, So last week on the show, we were going through a uh, quick recap here for all you who didn't listen last week. And if you didn't, you should. Uh, but, uh, and that, that's why you like and subscribe. So, you know, when we're on, uh, but we went through all of the Brad Holmes draft picks and I said that James Houston was a miss and that I'm not sure that he'd ever play in the NFL, like a single down. <laughs> so then he gets activated and sacks Josh Allen twice. For the unsackable Josh Allen. <laughs> happy. Uh, and, and like those of you who know me know that I don't, I don't mind being the ass, like the butt of my own jokes like that. If a guy wants to prove me wrong, do it. Josh Allen, by the way, is the guy who has proven me wrong. And I, yep. I've drank that medicine. I've made peace with most Bills fans on that. Yep. Um, by the way, most of them didn't really like him at the beginning either. He's won them over with great play. He's deserved that. <laughs> James Houston won me over in five snaps on Sunday <laughs> or Thursday with great, he sacked Josh Allen twice. Like, come on, dude. Josh that Allen, unsackable, effectively, Josh Allen, right? I mean, he's a guy that's so hard to bring down. Yeah. Um, but just really quick, do you want to change your draft grade on that one at all yet? 
It's just one game, but I'm much more inclined to lean in his favor now than I was last week. Brad Holmes just became it. a better GM. <laughs> he did. He did. And that's that's why they play the games. And to, to go back to it a little bit, I was basing it off of summer camp where he wasn't he wasn't that good, folks. Like Austin Bryant clearly kicked his ass in training camp mm-hmm. and preseason. And I haven't been over for practice that recently, but he was, and, and I know this is different than what, what like Hank Fraley will tell you and what, uh, what Kelvin Shepard will tell you that he's killing people in practice. I haven't seen that. So for him to go out and do what he did to a pretty good offensive line, I mean, Buffalo's they're solid, man. Yeah. That, 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 that's it. That, by the way, is the best football team we played. I know Minnesota has a better record. The the best across-the-board football team that we played, absolutely. Buffalo from 1 to 53 is the best team in the NFL, in my opinion. And they played like it. And they they used most of that 53 to beat the Lions, which is one of the reasons why I'm pretty encouraged about what I saw Thursday. Yeah, so for for James Houston, I'm very happy that he's on the roster now. He earned it. He was was absolutely going to get poached by someone. Um, I mean, hell – we saw Tim Boyle get poached today. You better believe that somebody was taking James Houston. Um, uh, really quick, if Kevin, if there's a Riz is right horn, what's the one for when he's wrong? Sound dropping Nelson from Simpsons going, ha ha. No, Riz gets the horn either way because he's the horniest guy you know. How about that? I'm here all week. I'm the unknown. I'm in the boat with the schlong. Oh, no, but comedy's unknown. That's what it is. Uh, So there we go. Um, Good stuff. We got that in. James Houston showed up the fourth. Thank you very much. Great. I I hope he can do it again. Uh, He might need to do it again, too, because uh, we got Josh Pascal was he's probably going to be questionable this week. He was back from practice with a knee, but we don't know how good that is. So. Julian O'Quara is going to be out. It sure looks that way. He didn't practice today. I wouldn't count on him practicing again anytime soon with the elbow. So there's a role for him. Uh, Charles Harris is gone. They they cut Charles Harris. Did he get uh, cut or is he just IR'd? What's that? Is, is Charles Harris IR'd or cut? He's IR'd. Okay, He's okay. IR'd. You scared me it, for a minute. It, it's effectively the same. Yeah, we'll I mean, he's, he's done in Detroit. Uh, I can't envision them bringing him back after the one year thing. Um, he, he was George Johnson from, if you go back in time, um, and, and it was great for one year. It didn't work the second year and they, they moved on. Fortunately this time around, they have some contingency plans. They have James Houston, they have Josh Pascal. They have, they have potential to, to replace him. Uh, John Kaminsky can play that role if we need him to like they're Ooh. we're in much better shape to deal with, with, Charles Harris not working out in year two than we were George Johnson back in the day. Yep. Really quick, Floundericious. Sorry I'm late. I'll offer $100 match on donations for St. Jude during the show. Got you. Anyone that wants to hit it, stjude.org slash DLP. Help us out. Helping some sick kids. And who rolls up? Don H. Let's get it started, Flounder. First 50 in there. We'll get that rolled over there. Um, and, and with that, I just want to hit a couple of these donations that we got while uh, in between shows because I don't want to miss those folks. Uh, Gerald and Tiffany Gore. Uh, let's see here. This donation is made in honor of my father, Richard, who annually contributed to this great cause. He was a lifelong Lions fan who swore they'd deal with the Lord that he couldn't be taken until the Lions won a Super Bowl. Figure he'd be older than Dracula before it happened. <laughs> uh, 250 bucks. Thank you, Gerald and Tiffany. Grams, 50 bucks. 
Thank you very, very much for that. Chad N, 102, never been a caller, longtime fan of the podcast. Don't have a ton of money, but wanted to help out. Let's help, let's help some kids and get some Lions dubs. I'm with you, brother. David Lipper and Men and Marie of Ken E. Kuhn, $100. Robert Cotto, RVK5150, $100. MJ Bark, 25 Anonymous, 75 uh, Thank you all for joining the uh the uh the club here to help donate and raise some money for these kids appreciate that stjude.org slash dlp and don h he's in there thank you sir all right moving on let's talk about the next j this one's not a james it's a jerry double j jj 39 dot live uh jerry jacobs seatbelt gang you may see more of that coming up very soon um Holy cow, my guy was out there. And I, I honestly believe that him not being out there at the end of the game hurt us a great, great deal. Um, some question about the protocol versus not the protocol. I talked to him. He's feeling great. He's in great shape. He's he's good. I don't want to go into I don't want to break any HIPAA violations, so I'm not gonna talk about anything. The Lions report on that, and that's their job. Um, but Jerry's okay. He's going to start this week, Jerry. He was not listed on the practice report today in any fashion, which means that he was not in the protocol. Even though Dan Campbell said he was, well, no. Dan Campbell said he was not in the protocol. Uh, there were reports after the game from inside the locker room that he was, in fact, in the protocol, that he was taken out of the game because he was in the protocol. And if you saw it, he fell basically face first onto the turf mm-hmm. um, and kind of landed. It was like somewhere between the face mask and the, the, the forehead. And it sure looked like they were taking him off to evaluate him for a concussion, which normally means you get into the protocol, but apparently that didn't happen. So um, I, I know, you know, the story better than I do, but that's, um, he the, looked the long a, and the short of it is he's going to play against Jacksonville. Yeah, he looked a little wobbly ahead of that. Um, and then that play happened and they took him out. Now he, when Dan Campbell didn't say he was never in the protocol, he just said he's not. And we took the rule out of the NFL book and analyzed it in the slack. And there's five steps and it goes through the five steps. And I'm assuming that each one of those steps takes one day. The fifth step is you're out. So it's four steps. Really? If we look at it, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Dan Campbell said it at the end of the day, Monday, which at which point he could have passed through the four steps and been, okay, you're released. So he could have been in the protocol and then not been in anymore at that point. Um, I, again, and, and so I don't do anything. He never suffered a brain injury to start with. Or that, That's how you would get out of that. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Nick Rodriguez, thank you so much. Uh-oh. I, I didn't see how much you got. We'll see it here. It'll come in. I probably, we'll get it real, real real quick. Thank you, Nick Rodriguez, for the donation to St. Jude. So, so on the concussion front with the protocol, since we're talking about it, uh, both Jeff Okuda and Jonah Jackson. Had and you look at how long they were in there, right? right. And, and they, they practiced on a non-contact basis today. If they get through today and report tomorrow and don't have any symptoms, they can practice full tomorrow. If they clear that, then they're out on Friday. Um, they can also be cleared on Saturday. They can actually be cleared on Sunday morning. Uh, it's they're certainly progressing in the right way, and I uh, I expect both of them in the lineup on Sunday. Yeah. Doesn't mean that they will be. But I can't guarantee that. I wouldn't bet Metallica tickets on it. There's enough for you in the Slack, uh, but I would strongly suspect that they will both be starting, and they will need them because Jacksonville is not a bad football team. Nope. Beware overlooking the Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Look what happened to Baltimore last week. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, yes, definitely. Um, and that's the thing. I mean, Jerry got through it so quick. He could have. He might not have. I'm not going to, you know, put out anything that I know or don't know. The thing is, is that as quick as he was out of it, if he was in it, tells you that the situation with Hefe and um, Jonah was was a for real. Like they they showed the signs, yeah. and that's that's what that yeah. wound up being. Uh, uh, I, I I can tell you, and, and Okuda will tell you, he did suffer a concussion yep. in, in that game. Yep. So so we look over at uh, WMW two. Sorry, uh, will we see the new protocol change this offseason refining after they fudged up to a? I, yeah, they did a, a, a knee jerk reaction. I think to fill in this season, which was I think not helpful for any. I mean. It, it, it's helpful probably in some cases in other cases it's hurtful uh they will definitely go deeper and do hopefully a better job with that but we will see some some adjustments to that uh all right nick rodriguez nine dollars that's what it was thank you for bringing us up to 46 69 69 i know what's going on yes. here now it took me a second but thank you nick rodriguez for your donation to saint jude saint jude.org slash dlp all right uh the next one after jerry jacobs love you brother thank you for everything um let's talk about Something we saw that defensive line in Buffalo is 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 a powerhouse. Ed Oliver, I mean, God, I would have loved to pick him, but a strong, strong defensive he's line. God, he's so um, it, it, like Tim Settle can play. Like they, they got some dudes up front, man, uh, and and they they've gotten them into like Tim Settle was a free agent that they got from Washington for for a song. Like they have done a really good job of identifying guys who play well together. And uh, it's working pretty well. So Ed Oliver, it's interesting because I, when I was talking to Bills fans, they're like, he's kind of been a disappointment. Like, like he has like one or two really good games and then has a month where he just doesn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he had one of those games on, on Thursday. He wound up being the AFC Defensive Player of the Week for his efforts and deserved it. Yep. He had a safety, a fumble, a fumble, fumble forced, a fumble recovery, six tackles and two TFLs in the run game. That's a day. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah, it is. Um, F Suarez 97 wasn't it an issue with the amount of practices before the game. Um, so there's four steps. The fifth step is you're out. So if you think about a uh, an injury on a uh, Sunday night game and you play on Thursday, that means Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday before you can get through the fourth step. So you don't get a chance to play on Thursday. Uh, it's unfortunate. That's it, and it's unfortunate yeah. and fortunate, right? It's it's just, yeah. just the so, way it is. So the deal with Okuda was Okuda did in fact suffer a diagnosed concussion, yep. which means that you cannot practice until you're asymptomatic. Um, the Lions didn't practice after Tuesday, so they didn't have any chance to get him into even started in the protocols. That's why he's at where he's at now. So um, he wouldn't have played Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, like his was play he, this week. yeah. He had, he had symptoms. I'm thinking even if Okuda was in the very best shape uh, or case, like 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 maybe Jerry was, um, he couldn't have been out and ready to play until Friday. So that's just the way that that the the, the protocol works. So yeah, it's, and, it's, and Jonah it's, developed symptoms on his own, self-reported them, um, from my understanding, uh, starting Tuesday, yeah. and. Good. Then, good. So that yeah, and, and that is good. That that's that's what the NFLPA wants. Is like, hey, if you're messed up, if you're not feeling right, please self-report. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go to your trainer, go to the team doctor and say something's not right here. Um, because they don't want guys winding up, you know, 
50 years old and not being able to identify their wife in a police lineup. Like, so I was telling Jerry, awesome. I was telling him, don't rush, don't yeah. push it, man. You're, you're just as or more valuable after the game as you are playing the game. So yep. just take care of yourself, brother. And that's, that's kind of where we were. So don't, uh, don't fool with your head, man. No. You get a brain injury. You don't rush that back. Yeah. Yeah. Period. All right. So we had uh, Ed Oliver and the line of doom in there that were facing backup guards. The skip Dan Skipper guy. I love, I love skips. Um, just, just look <laughs> what an, what a terrible situation. And then let's, let's be honest. You know, Jared Goff isn't Mr. Mobile. He's not, he's not Patrick Mahomes back there. He's not Josh Allen back there. He's, he's, he doesn't have those kind of wheels. And when you have a situation like that, it's terrifying as to what you're going to look at and what's going to happen during the game. That team held up again, man, hats off to Hank Fraley and his damn coaching and scheme and how he sets these guys up for success. My God. My God, we're 14 people deep in this line sometimes, and Hank manages to get these guys to pull together. We hear about all the time five guys working together, building that camaraderie, knowing what each other's thinking before it happens. We as a team in two years haven't had that have opportunity to see that actually happen because of injury, and yet Hank Fairley pulls these guys out and helps helps them show up and perform. Great job, Skips, and what do you want to call it? As, as Don Burr said, uh, what a great performance by the offensive line against this defensive line, man. Just, God, it was great to well, see these guys out there. Considering that you were starting backup guards, who and, and by the way, Skipper normally plays on the right side when he filled in um, earlier in the season when he was taking big V reps and, and before Evan Brown took that over. He moved to the left side in this game. And Coyote Awosika played the right side. Coyote Awosika had nine career snaps in the NFL before he went up against that Buffalo line. And uh, I, I broke it down. I wrote it out at Lions Wire. Please check it out over at LionsWire at usatoday.com. Um, and I, I broke down, you know, I did the, the weekly film spotlight on those two. And it wasn't all that positive <laughs> because they didn't play great. But they did functional. And... Uh, to, to sum it up very quickly, they are incredibly different talents. And in hindsight, I would have put Skipper on the right side. I would put Awasika on the left side. And I hope that if they have to do that again, they will do that. Um, hopefully they don't have to play either of those guys again in like starting duty against a good team, but you never know. Yeah. And they, but, they, they were, yeah. They, you know what, power to them as well. And, and you got to imagine that they pulled some of that juice from the crowd. You know, everybody out there from the from the Lions team. I mean, that means, you know, you when we, I mean, this is real small scale. This is real small scale, but you, you've, you've played sports before. But like when we do the, the podcast stuff or when you get on stage or do something, there's been, I've had times when that crowd's cheering that, I don't care who you are, that pumps you up. That, that gives you that extra little bit of juice, man. And I'm telling you, that crowd worked. That crowd worked on Thursday. They were so loud and so engaged. Great, great yeah. crowd. Yeah, great crowd at Fort Field. Fantastic. Bring it again Sunday, folks. Yeah, bring it every week. Um, all right, an, another um, Riz because he is so horny. I don't know if he's he was he was Riz. You weren't right or wrong here. You were right that Rodrigo had a tough game the week before, and you weren't sure, and you needed to see him bounce back. My guy bounced back. My guy bounced back well, like a he? Super Bowl, didn't he? <laughs> He played well. Um, and again, Buffalo, it, 
Bills fans will tell you that their run offense is probably the weakest point of their team. Like if they're going to get beat, it's going to be because they can't run the ball when they have a lead. Mm -hmm. And I think you saw that a little bit in, in Thursday's game, like they're, they're vulnerable. Their offensive line is very good at taking care of the opposing defensive line, but the linebackers are a problem. And And when the lions linebackers are your problem. (laughs) Rodrigo played a good game. Anzalone, <laughs> by the way, played a pretty damn good game too. Yeah. Um, aside from the interception that he got off of Rodrigo's face, which was very nice. That's that's the kind of facial we want to see <laughs> here at Detroit Lions podcast. Um, none of that, you know. We'll, we'll leave that for. <laughs> but uh, again, Alex Anzalone has quietly played pretty damn well since the 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 bye. Uh, yeah. And I know people are going to look at his PFF grades and. We got into this in the Slack yep. yesterday. Yep. All I will say is Alex Anzalone, per the NFL's official stats and per pro football reference, which is generally a very, very reliable thing, have him with eight pass defenses all year. PFF still has him with zero, even after the interception, which is like the goal of it. I, I sincerely don't think they recognize Alex Anzalone at PFF. Like I, I think they because I, I did I did the film preview on it or film thing a couple weeks ago on him where they had him for five missed tackles. I watched every play multiple times. He maybe had three, like two for sure. One, okay, I'll count that. Yeah. The, the other one's like one of them was clearly Rodrigo. The other one was clearly John Kaminsky, and they're cre- they're crediting it negative. Like as I said. For the love of God, you're making me defend Alex Anzalone because he's better than what Pro Football Focus keeps saying that he is because they clearly don't know how to evaluate him. Like it's, it is, oh, it pisses me off. Normally, like, I so we'll go on PFF real fast here. I generally use them to validate what I'm seeing to evaluate snap counts because they're really good at that at, at where they align and things like that. As far as grades go, I I sort of use it as like a relative thing, like. Okay, this guy, I think he did better than this guy. So let me check and, and see that. And generally speaking, those are pretty good. There's a very real disconnect with Alex Anzalone's actual on-field performance and what PFF grades him as. The other player that they did that with was TJ Hawkinson a lot. It's weird that it's white dudes with long hair that they keep screwing up, but that's what they do. Oh, <laughs> I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> Oh, That's man. all I have to say yeah, about that. Yeah, that, that is all you got to say. <laughs> all right, Rodrigo, bounce back game. Love to see it. Love to, again, after that, we can nudge Brad Holmes' draft value a little bit back for, you know, towards the top, right, Riz? I mean, you can give him a little credit on there. Thanks to that game. All right. Absolutely. Let's yeah. give some love. You're going to be wrong when you do what I do. You got to acknowledge it. Yeah. If you don't acknowledge yeah. it, you're an ass. Yeah. <laughs> and you're even wronger. Um, yes. and that's, you know, that that's why, you know, that's one of the reasons Riz it's, it's the character. We, we, uh, it's how we got connected, yes. right? I'm going to say something stupid. I probably said something stupid tonight already. I'll, I'll own it. That's what I do. <laughs> you don't, you're an idiot. You don't uh, deserve the platform. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things that character, it's all about, you know, how it is for me. Right. So you hear me rail against some other people because of character issues, but, uh, let's talk about the, the lovable, the, the unforgettable, the man with the anime and who's got a jersey available at auction.detroitlionspodcast.com, Jamal Williams. Up for bid. Only two bids on it right now. You can get it. 
signed Jamal Williams jersey. How about my guy out there? Can we can we just take a minute and say, I'm going to go negative first. His only two fumble losses were in Detroit. <laughs> but he's only had two fumble losses in Detroit, and he's been here a while. And, boy, he is a – no one would tell you he's a number one, but he is – our number one running back on this team. He is the guy you trust. He is the guy that they believe in. He's the guy that they know will get it done. 18 attempts this week uh, against Buffalo. Uh, 3.7 yard average. My guy, my guy, Jamal Williams. Let's just take a moment and soak in. Number one, he's a beautiful human being. He's a wonderful person. Every game, every training camp, he goes up and down and plays catch with the fans. What a what a what an what a moment for the kid that comes only game that they get to go to in a year, and all of a sudden, you know, the, the running back uh, Jamal Williams is throwing the ball. He's just such a wonderful human being, and then to see him get this success, we love you, Jamal. You're the man. What a guy. What a guy. Wasn't his best game. Lost the fumble. Um, didn't break as many tackles as he normally does uh, on pace, but. Still, he's the NFL leader in touchdowns. And it's, uh, once again, I talked about this last week, Yahoo Fantasy. Stop recommending I play other people over Jamal Williams. Doesn't matter who it is. He leads the freaking league in touchdowns. Catch up with your analysis, please. Yeah, I'm not going to argue. Keep, you, you can go. You can keep going. You can run with it if you want. I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm trying to be calm. This is... This is hurricane season is over. So hurricane Jeff is done. Oof, all right. And then one more man deserving of some love who people think was open when he wasn't on a specific play. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown. He's your guy. Oh my God. The juice that this guy brings. Um, we'll talk about that play. I think really soon here. <laughs> yeah, Can I bring up something? So I, I, I get the next gen stats newsletter. So they, they got a blurb on Amon Ross. I'm going to read it here. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown had almost all of his production come against single high safety coverages, catching eight of nine targets for 121 yards. Outside of his production against single high, he only caught one pass for one yard. Um, he had a plus 17.2 um, completions over expectations, um, yardage over expectations on the day. Um, can I just say, like, if you're playing one safety, single high safety, he's going to kill you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Guess what Jacksonville does? <laughs> and, you know, we'll get into it, but, you Pretty know, fantasy advice right there. You know where they really, really smoke turds is the linebacker position in pass coverage. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. It's going to be single They're high, really, really middle good of the field. Coverage. Yeah, yeah. Mm. They are like Foye Olokuzon and, uh, Oh God, who's the other guy? Um, they have another good linebacker too. They're, they're like they're incredible at tackling. They're yeah. they're they will make you Muma. long for Chad Alex Muma. Anceloni in coverage. <laughs> Chad Muma, he's the other one. Rookie. Yeah, I wanted him. Yeah, yeah. In, 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 uh, against the run, they're great. They're great, but uh, the pass they are just just get destroyed. Oh, we'll on, and, and more free fantasy advice here. This is a very good week to not play DeAndre Swift, even if he's getting a lot more catches, because Foye Oluwokan is the best tackler in the league at runs off tackle. Guess where DeAndre Swift runs mm -hmm. off tackle. Yep. They're really good at stopping that. So yep. if you're one of those people that's like, oh, this is DeAndre Swift's breakout week, this is absolutely not 
DeAndre Swift's breakout week. Yep. Yep. Uh, what are the odds are able to hold on to Jamal Williams? Feel like he's earned himself a larger deal than Detroit will pay him. I don't. I think he's he's very much welded to Detroit. He loves the coaching staff. I think he, he loves Deuce. Yep. Period. Yep. So I think we're good there. So anyway, talk about talking about a little bit, a couple of the players along the way at the game, uh, giving a little bit of effusive love to specific players, but. Look, it was a loss. Yeah, we walked away with a loss against a team that we didn't really walk in expecting to to, to win against as fans. I mean, they were seven and three. We have four wins on the season, right? I mean, it just did not bode well for 10 us. Ten point but, underdogs when that kickoff went, and there we were, twenty three yeah. seconds away. Let's talk about the the last piece, and this is something that it's outside of the Bills game review, but Riz, this is it. Jared Goff's performance against the Bills, and I want you to start by saying what you said to let's talk about this when you gave the topic so let me let me let me i want to quote myself because i we so we text beforehand chris and i do mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just what to get uh, just a couple topics right i mean we're here there's a couple said, there's a couple bo- i um, said and i quote points. golf proved he's not it meaning long-term it versus the bills and I very strongly believe that. I think this was this was the game where if you were on the fence that Jared Goff was going to be the long-term solution, it should have pushed you off. It should have been the electric fence jolt that knocked you away from the cow fence. Like because you saw very clearly Jared Goff not be able to lead his team to a win, and Josh Allen able to lead his team to a win. And that was a very strong mental picture. It was one of the things that I mulled on as I drove home on Friday um, with both my kids having their headphones on, my wife reading her, I, whatever the hell she's reading on in the back seat. And I had a lot of time to think about it. And I thought, you know, I'm the meme where, you know, the, the wife's laying in bed. Like, I wonder what it's like. I'm thinking about Jared Goff's long-term future, whether he's the long-term quarterback for the Detroit Lions for like four and a half hours on, on Friday. And my conclusion was, like, you can do so much worse than Jared Goff, mm-hmm. but you have to do better than him if you want to be a team that consistently competes in the postseason and wins a Super Bowl. And one of the things that I thought of was that the Los Angeles Rams decided he wasn't the guy, mortgaged everything. Like, And, and mm-hmm. if you look at them now, mm-hmm. they're going to be the worst team in football next year, mm-hmm. and they might be this year too. But they got their ring specifically because they got rid of Jared Goff because they knew they could do better, and they did. Sometimes and I don't want to be the team that's that's stuck with this era's Matt Schaub or Alex Smith or Bernie Kosar, guys who were pretty good, guys who would like consist. Andy Dalton is it was the, the the other example that I came up with was you know and that that's probably the most apples to apples one because you've got Jared Goff. And, and Andy Dalton are both like they're guys that can prove they can prove that they can get you to the dance. Mm-hmm. But once you're dancing, like other guys are going to like you know open their shirt a little wider and strut a little bit more, have mm-hmm. better gold chains and better hair flow and everything, and they're just gonna they're just gonna they're just gonna beat you, and you can't do anything about it because you're getting the very best that you can to just get there. Yeah, and I don't want that. So let's talk uh, about the the play that everyone wants to talk about, which is the third and one. Right, third and one, and, great call, uh, and leading, you have leading the team personnel that can pull it off. The Lions don't have that. So 
Jared Goff ain't the quarterback to do that, and DJ Shark sure as hell ain't the wide receiver to do that with. The thing that and made, that's why it's a stupid play. I would I would have walked away from that play, and I still haven't seen the all twenty two yet. I still haven't gotten into the all twenty two, and I want to. But I have analyzed the TV footage, the two angles they gave us from here to tomorrow on this thing, and there's the, the only reason I did was because I th- saw Chark throw up the hand just to say throw it long on the ball, and the ball was already in the air, and I'm yeah. like wait a minute, hold up. So I went back and I analyzed the first thing I was like, okay, this is a cover zero defense. They're in cover zero, nine men on the line. Okay. That, that means nobody, is, there's no safety help. There's it's two safeties on, the, on the left side of the field pushed up, but they're covering two of the three receivers on the left side. And the corner was covering. You see him crossing with St. Brown when he comes across that people think was open, but he was so close to the line. It was a kind of an angling away from the line. And the ball was before he got to the point where he could actually receive a ball and was clear of the line and could get thrown a ball. Um, the ball was well in the air already on its way. And there's a reason for that. Okay. This play was not supposed to be a back shoulder throw to DJ Chark unless they had the hot route. They saw the cover zero. They saw the nine guys in the line and they said, okay, the play, the out, the, the, the route on this is a shoulder throw. It is a back shoulder throw to the sideline. You have no safety coverage. The corner is obviously going to take inside leverage to keep you out of the middle of the field. There is no way they want anybody to get loose in the middle of the field. Okay, so you are on the outside as Ben Johnson is the most the smartest man in the NFL. I like to say he knows that with that setup and covers your your hot route goes out and it's a back shoulder throw over. If you look at the back angle that they showed on TV, that ball fell exactly perfect to where DJ Shark Shark should have been. DJ ran. He got open. Absolutely. He got open. It doesn't matter if you're open on a timing play. If you're not in the right place at the right time, being open means nothing. All it means is you're a track star. You're, you're, you're Kyle. What was his face? Fuller. DJ Chark messed up. He missed the read on the line and he ran the wrong part of the tree. He went, he went, he, he knew he could beat this guy. The reason that, that, that play is that way is because everybody expects Chark to go fast, so then you can catch the defense off. He's worried about inside leverage. Don't let him get inside, and don't get beat. He's never thinking he's going to back shoulder. That's what Ben designed there. I guarantee it. And Goff's throw was in the right spot. Chark misread it. That's, I think that's exactly what that play was. And when you look, um, I, don't, I, don't, I was going to cue it up, but I didn't have enough time. On the, on the reverse angle, that ball hits the ground two and a half yards from the sideline, inbounds, exactly where Chark was. That, was. that was the right throw. It wasn't a bad throw. Even before, if you look at the replay, you're going to see, you're going to hear Tony Romo going, oh, yeah, they're coming for him. They're coming for him. It was three steps and throw. There was no thinking. There was no reads. There was nothing. That's yeah. what that play was, and that play was supposed to be, and Chark missed it. That's it. That's that's the so point. a lot of people were criticizing Goff for not looking to the other side of the field. On that play, on that read, there's only one wide receiver on the field. Like the, what's that, what's happening on the left side of the field, he doesn't care about. It's inconsequential to the action. That is the one option that they've got. When they when they see the zero coverage, like you talked about, Chris, the read is shark over the top, and they did the exact same play against Miami on the other side of the field, and they missed it just as badly. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I thought it was a terrible call was because, one, they don't have the chemistry to do it. 
I'm not necessarily sure that I, I trust Shark to make that catch. And there's clearly the lack of chemistry there. Like, Goff did put the ball closer to where it needed to be than where Shark was on the play. Mm-hmm. I still think he underthrew it some and left a little too much air under it for that. But, okay, um, I I didn't like the play there at all because again, I'm not defending the play at all. Trust me, I'm not yeah. defending the play. Yeah. I know. The I throw, just know what the play was supposed the to be. Itself. The, the throw itself, the throw, and what was how that play was supposed to work. Had they not been in cover zero, because they're at the 32 yard line or 30 whatever, they're not yeah. supposed to be in cover zero at that point, right? You're at cover zero at a goal line kind of situation. There, I'm, I guarantee the Lions came out with their two plays. And they came out and, you know, they had three wideouts in the left. St. Brown was probably the play on that. Chark was going to go long and clear out the right side. You had, you know, your coverage on the left yeah, and you were you good. St. Brown cutting across. Exactly. That was yard. probably the play. But when they went cover zero, you have a choice. Audible to the other play, which was probably a run. And Right. That's not what you want. You, you, that was that was the oh. play. That's where we were. It, not not my call. I wouldn't necessarily have called that play. And, and I get we can argue the run piece, right? Nine guys in the box, though. I'm like, eh. you're the quarterback. You make your read. Um, we can argue it, right? And I'm not saying Goff is a superstar. And I'm not saying Goff is going to be here and lead this team to 14 Super Bowls, right? I'm just trying to get some honesty in the conversation about that play right there. People with the freeze frame and, 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 and Amon Ra is open. It's like, oh, my God. Like, this is nuts, right? It, it, it's not, anyway. not like what again? The only receiver that matters on that play is DJ Shark. Like that's it. Like that's the only option when they when he, when when Goff sees that read, and you can tell by the way that the the rest of the team reacted. That's the only that's that's the play. Uh, and, and again, that they had tried the exact same thing against Miami. Yep. Um, that was Josh Reynolds um, on that receiver, but they did try that exact same route and play against Minnesota and missed. Actually, worse than that. Um, between yes. Goff and Shark, or Shark, I keep saying it wrong. I keep yeah, saying I, I'm doing it now too. DJ Shark. I know Char, it's, Char, it's Char. my bad. I, I know it's <laughs> DJ Shark. I, I'm, 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 I'm a, oh, a baby Shark. I, I was with my, I have a four year old and a two year old nephew, and I spent way too much time with them last week. So, yep. Yep. <laughs> a baby Shark and baby. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> it still wasn't a great throw by Goff, even where he put it, even if Shark. Chark, Chark is expecting it to be there, which I, he clearly wasn't. And that's one of the reasons why it's a dumb play call, because you're asking a receiver and a quarterback who don't have chemistry to make a play that's a low percentage play to begin with, especially with Goff throwing there specifically. And it's one that they've shown that they can't complete before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was frustrated with the play. I was also frustrated with the execution. And I will say, I do put more on Chark than I do on Goff on the miscommunication on that. Because I do think that you're absolutely right, Chris. That has to be a back shoulder throw because by the time that Chark is past him, the ball's already out. Like that, you can't make a read on if he's going to beat his guy. Like that, that, that's a great throw, and that's a throw that that. Josh Allen will try to do better than Jared Goff because yep. we saw Josh Allen pick apart the prevent defense without Jerry on the field right after that. Yep. Um, and that, that was so to go back to the play and why it's a stupid play. You have played that entire drive. So the, the last play of the regulation is your last play on offense. 
the clock ends at double zero on your last play. That's how they played that entire series. Yep. And then they did that. And then they left time. Yep. That's dumb. Yep. That's just flat out dumb. And that's that's a Dan Campbell problem. Or that's a Ben Johnson problem. That was stupid. I'll, I'll say that the call, the defensive call on that was absolutely brilliant. It was the perfect call for the play they had. Because like we said, I guarantee that's the same brown Frazier ball. knows what he's doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guarantee that was the same brown ball. But the pressure, once you get that cover zero, those nine guys in the line like that, your read is three steps and get rid of the ball. Because, look, everyone can say, oh, the coverage was good. He could have had a read. That's not it. You don't know what the coverage is going to be, and you don't have the time to make that kind of read. That is a no-read throw, period. And and Chark just missed his route. He missed his route. He didn't get the read and missed it. That's it. The, call, the, the play was supposed to be a different play, but they absolutely nailed the defensive call on that and put the Lions in the worst possible position it is what it is right i mean this is this is really good i mean the other team gets a say in it they make millions of dollars too and um it is what she is right so that's what happened we lost to a spectacular team with a smart coaches smart defense i mean could have done we could have called the time out there we could have stopped the clock um and that was wasn't that the play right after the uh, what was what was the mess up on 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 where the ball went and how much time was left and wasn't that the play right after that it was. Um, I push back on people who think that the Lions should have been calling timeouts. No, th- that goes to my point. Their entire plan throughout that drive was clearly to end yep. the game yep. in regulation yep. on their last play. Like, that's absolutely what they were playing for, and then they deviated from it, and they lost because of it. Yep. Um, and some of that is the fact that, you know, you, your, your quarterback and wide receiver weren't on the same page. They didn't execute but that's also why that's a bad call. Like, well, that's, that's where that's the call, though. That's where your call to make. That's where your timeout is, though. Your call is, you know what? We're not going to throw that to Chark anymore. What we're going to do is we're going to call a timeout in that situation and get a different play in because okay, they that's, have that's, got that's us fair. beat. That's absolutely right? Fair. Let's run it down I'm to two seconds and call the timeout and get a different play in because that is the play beater right there. Instead of trying to make that throw to Chark, let's just let's just shut that down and start over. They had the timeouts to do it. They could have run the clock. They wouldn't have lost anything in that way and could have gotten a reset. That's So you can go to coaching a little bit there right, and say, hey, there was a mistake on how they did that and how they approached it. But again, a bunch of young guys, first-year defensive coordinator, uh, head coach, in his second year um and and you know Chark who's not played a whole lot in the real you know under live fire with this team I get it I gets it you know it's it, it is what it is and it didn't turn out the best but I, that's my breakdown of that play everyone wants to reduce the game to that play and I don't think that that's fair either there was another throw though that you said that that turned you well, out the, on golf the the reverse pivot ninja kick throwing blindly straight to a linebacker 360 no scope <laughs> For the kids out there. <laughs> that can't happen. Like, that's, like, that, that, I, I, I don't know how people defend that. Like, how do you, I, yes, he makes some good throws, but he's consistently terrible under pressure. And I, I put a thing out at Lionsware last week using NextGen and SIS Sports Information Solutions. Shout out to Bryce Rossler, who provides me a lot of information. <laughs> Goff is 11th in the league in neutral situations. Under pressure, he's 32nd out of 37 quarterbacks. I need something better than that. And, like, that, that's why the Rams – that's specifically why the Rams dumped him. He's not gotten better at that. And I – like, so, like, Jared Goff's fine for this year. He's fine for the rest of the year. 
now now they literally only have Nate Sudfeld behind him. Nate Sudfeld certainly isn't going to do anything. But this is why, as we're going forward to the draft here, not to spin in the draft stuff, but this team absolutely has to take a quarterback in the first round. Not only, even if you love Jared Goff and you think he's the long-term answer, they literally do not have a backup quarterback. And this is a team that expects to contend next year and in the years beyond. You need a better plan than some guy that San Francisco caught on September 1st to be your backup quarterback. You've got to get somebody in who has some potential to do things if Jared Goff gets hurt. And we, we certainly don't want that. But you've got to have a better backup plan. You get that with a premium draft pick. And maybe, okay, maybe maybe you're in a situation then like, like Jimmy G and Trey Lance in, in San Francisco. 49ers are pretty damn good right now. One of the things that has happened there is that that Jimmy Garoppolo responded to having the threat of oh shit they could bench me like this guy this guy behind me is pretty good like he's not this ain't Nate Sudfeld this is Trey Lance like I gotta I gotta get my shit together that that I I want to see how Jared Goff responds to that because in Los Angeles he did not do that very well so just really quick the and he has not shown that he can be that guy so I I want to see that that that's one of the reasons. I think Kyle Mikey wrote something about that in M Live in his mailbag this week. Uh, it was in the Slack. I glanced yeah. at it yep. briefly. But he, his but his I, and, and I don't I'm disagree with him on that. I don't disagree with his point with Monkey's point. But he said the pro his he reduced it to the point is you're going to play quarterbacks like Mahomes and and uh, Josh mm-hmm. Allen. Well, that's two out of thirty two. And what is it a, over a fifty percent miss rate? It's it's I think it's even higher than that on quarterbacks to hit the lottery on that. Sometimes, and, and this Jimmy G is a really good look right now. I mean, how do you comp- just compare Jimmy G in your head right off the top of your head to, to golf? Where do you, where do you rank one versus the other? Garoppolo is a better athlete and he's more accurate down the field. Okay. Um, um, he's, he, other than that, they're roughly the same guy. So golf is ninth in yards, Garoppolo with all the weapons that Garoppolo has, which is a full compliment. We can agree to that, right? But they're not that good. Like outside of Debo, and they're not that. And, and Ayuk, obviously, the tight ends, McCaffrey. Yeah, they're not. Their receiving core is not better than Detroit. They. Oh, I would. I would disagree. They were. They were t- receiving threats, targets. Who they have at, at wide receiver, tight end, wide receiver, and uh, running back combined. And, 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 yeah. and, and the fact that they can run the ball the way they do is, is yep, remarkable. Yep. The fact that they cut Jeff Wilson, who's now just tearing it up at Miami. Like that, that tells you the kind of depth that they have at running back. So, yep. Yeah, they, they can certainly run the ball. Yep. But wide receivers, I'll take ours over San Francisco's any day. Tight end, he beats Garoppolo. Or touchdowns, sorry, he beats Garoppolo. Um, interceptions, that's one, right? He's got to be, he's got to be terrible, terrible. Beats Garoppolo. And he beats a lot of guys that are, that are he beats Trevor Lawrence pretty much regularly across the, across the board. Um, let me see. What's the oh the rating? Let me get the rating here really quick. This is no this this surprised me when I looked at this. Garoppolo has a, a higher um, quarterback rating than Jared Goff does, uh, but Goff is ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Justin Herbert and Tom Brady and Derek Carr and Lamar Jackson. Goff's got a higher rating than all of them. It's just like what are you kidding me? When you look strictly statistically. Jared Goff does not look like a bad quarterback on paper at all. He had a 104.7 rating against the Bills. He had 240 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Look, I knew he tried to throw the no scope. I know. <laughs> but I'm I'm like, this is a guy, again, 
If I think about not we, a bad quarterback, we and I'm building a team, right? We we got we got Matthew Stafford, John Matthew Stafford, and we didn't do shit. I think we were actually hampered by the fact that we had Matthew Stafford because we didn't improve in places we needed to improve because he could cover those those gaps those gaps. I think actually Jared Goff might be the perfect quarterback for a team on a rebuild. He brought the Rams through a rebuild. I mean, they were, you know, <laughs> seven and nine, yeah. right? And, was indeed the number one overall pick. In the yeah, draft. yeah, yeah. And he brought the Rams to to a By Super the way, Bowl. Their last first round pick. <laughs> and he brought them to a Super Bowl and and helped them rebuild that team. And then they brought somebody in to finish the job. I don't see that he's not that same kind of guy here, to be honest with you, because let's face it, you bring in, we brought in Matthew Stafford. We saw what bringing a great quarterback is in for 10 years, 12 years. We didn't get anything out of it, right? We had a lot of fun. We got to the playoffs a couple of times. We never won a game. We really didn't get anything out of it as a team other than where we are. So on the field, the reality is we didn't get anything with that great quarterback. And one of the things you see is a lot of great, I don't say, I'm not going to say Zach Wilson's a great quarterback, but he's Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. You see so many players. Um, Justin Fields has the potential to get wrecked as a quarterback because he's put in a crappy situation. Don't take that kind of capital, that kind of value and gamble it. Build your team with a good, with a good enough quarterback like Jared Goff and then make your play. Mortgage the future. Mortgage two first round picks to get the guy that's that's there right now and trade for him. It doesn't have to be in the draft. You don't have to force yourself to give up. We we need so much help on defense. You're gonna throw away your first two picks this year and your first round pick next year to get a maybe? That doesn't make any sense. And you got a maybe and a shit defense. What are you gonna do with that? I would give up one of those to get a quarterback that will play behind. I'm absolutely convinced that Jared Goff will be the starting quarterback at yep. least through, at least until the Lions are eliminated in 2023, if that happens. Yep. Uh, I, I don't. I don't see there's any way that there's another different a, a different week one through like whenever their bye is next year. Jared Goff's the starting quarterback next year, yep. and you can do a hell of a lot worse than Jared Goff. You just listed off a whole bunch of guys. Stroud. Stroud is not going to be better than Goff. We saw. We Probably saw. Probably not next year. No, no. He could be in time. Yep. Um. He 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 he. Uh. He's taking a weird amount of blame for Ohio State's really shitty defense last week. Yeah, that's a fair. That's, that's a fair assessment. That's, that's what that's happens. Oh, and, and and just really quick, folks. The folks that are saying I'm getting a slappy Steve-O for uh for for golf, don't don't mistake this for that. Okay. Don't. I'm telling you that that golf is good enough we need so much help on this team in other places you could put matthew stafford back on this team and it's not going anywhere we saw that we need to build this team to a position where it can support a a player trevor lawrence lucked into getting rid of urban meyer and actually getting a decent coach around him because some of the assets were already there uh and he'll, he'll have an opportunity to grow another year under urban meyer i don't know that you see trevor lawrence become a nfl starter i, I don't know that you do with that kind of bad we, coaching we trust, we trust dan campbell we trust ben johnson we trust mark brunell yep. to help bring along a quarterback whether it's anthony richardson or Max Duggan or uh, Cam Ward or um, I, I'll just say this right now. In every conversation I've had with Houston people, is Bryce Young is going number one. 
And if you think the Texans aren't picking number one, please, please, please give me all your money. Yep. Because they're picking that. That's a really, really bad football team. Yep. And they're resigned to it. Um, so I, I would just put any. Um, I'll, I'll go back to back to what was it? What was the year two thousand? Whatever. Sammy Watkins was in the draft. No, oh, I remember. And Sammy. every Lions fan was convinced that Sammy Watkins was the answer to every prayer. And I said from the very beginning, I'm like. He will not be there. Don't even think about it. I am there right now with Bryce. Even if the Rams are picking two, he will not be there. Don't even think about it. Put that out of your head. Yeah, walk away. Whether I agree with it or not, he's going number one. And I will say also this, Will Levis is going to be the second quarterback off the draft. Again, whether I like it or not. Once upon a time, um, (laughs) who's this? Jackass in New York. Zach Wilson went number two overall. Yeah. Um, I'm going to trust that Brad Holmes and Ray Agnew and John Dorsey will not pick somebody like that, that they will have a king. Like John Dorsey, remember, um, famously didn't want Patrick Mahomes. That's why he got out of, out of, uh, of Kansas city, but he did identify Baker Mayfield as, as big and, there's a long discussion on Baker Mayfield. So just the year it worked was really damn nice. Yep. And it was validating for John Dorsey since then. Not so much, but you get, I, I, I still think Baker Mayfield is going to be a quality starting quarterback. In the league. I hopefully not in Detroit. I don't, I, I don't want any part of that, yep. but the, uh, the true bust, like they haven't been around that. And I think that they're going to do a good enough job in evaluating whether it's Anthony Richardson, whether it's C.J. Stroud, whether it's Will Levis, whether it's whoever, that we will have to trust in it. And again, my position is you have to get a quarterback anyways this coming offseason. Don't pay for Case Keenum. Don't pay for Sam Darnold. Don't pay for Davis Mills after the Texans cut him. Get the best damn quarterback you can. It's probably going to be with your first pick, whether whoever it is. And then you then you could have a happy problem. You could have the problem that that the the Redskins at the time had with Robert Griffin and Kirk Cousins, where your your quarterback that you don't expect to be your long term solution proves to be a lot better than the dude that you took at number two overall. What do you think? Then you can trade him and get things. Lo- this, this is good. Like that's that's a happy problem to have is to have two good quarterbacks. Let me push this a little further. Longest completed air yards. This is the one that everyone thought, oh, well, he can't even make a throw to JMO. Never going to make it. What, what do you think, Goff? What do you think his longest completed air yard passes? It's like 48 yards. 52. 52. He's right in the middle of the league with that. He. It, that's, it's, it's silly to think that he can't do that. He's done it before. He's done it in L.A. Uh, I just want to hit a couple a other stats. He has, he, has a, he, has a, he has an average arm. It's slightly above average to the middle of the field. It does diminish as you go outside, which we kind of saw on the both the, the controversial throws, the one against Miami and one against uh, 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 Buffalo. Was his deep balls do die? That that, mm-hmm. that was a knock on him in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's never gotten over that. Yep. Uh, if you want him to throw deep, have him throw in the middle of the field. Yep. So let me let me just really quick make one more comparison, right? And again, I want, and I'm going to make a point at the end of this so so people calm down. But let's talk about you know you hear like this guy is hanging on for to his dear life to his job. Goff's got to go, all that kind of stuff. I want to compare him to somebody. Okay, somebody in the league right now. Uh, Goff 
And this is from Matt Kojo in the subreddit. Uh, Goff, 2,682 yards, tied for ninth best. 2,760, the other person, seventh best. 17 touchdowns, tied for ninth best with this other person with 17 touchdowns. Seven interceptions, uh, 17 tied or above him in that stat. Uh, the other guy, nine interceptions, okay, four tied or above him. Uh, 17 sacks in 11 games. Uh, the other guy, 28 sacks. Okay, and it's in the same games. Uh, QBR of 58.4. Uh, the other guy is 49.5. Uh, the 58.4 is 11th best, 23rd best for the other. Passer rating of 93.5, 11th best. The other guy is 88.6, 21st best. 7.4 yards per pass. Okay, 13th best. The other guy, 6.7 yards per pass. Completion percentage, 63.7% completion for Goff. 22nd best. The other guy has a completion percentage of 65%, which is 17th best. Okay, now I've named two two black two players. Let me ask you, what's the record of the other team right now that, that the other quarterback is playing for? I think who that might be. Well, that's the it's, second question. That's the second it question. It sounds like Jacoby Brissett. Okay. And they're four and seven in Cleveland. Okay. It might be, it could be Aaron Rodgers, actually. Uh, although I think his sack rate is higher than that uh, because their line's terrible and they're done. Um, who else could it be? Uh, Gino is higher than that. This one's even better. I I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to just the record. I, I think that's Jacoby Brissett. Okay. This quarterback has a nine and two record and leads the NFC North. It's Kirk Cousins. That's Kirk Cousins. Okay. That's Kirk freaking Cousins. I, I, I Nobody's screaming about Kirk Cousins losing his job. Tell me what else is going on. <laughs> so one thing with Kirk Cousins, notice how much better he's gotten since they challenged him. They took a second round pick in Kellen Mond in the 2021 NFL draft. Now Kellen Mond sucks ass. Like he's terrible. And Mike Zimmer knew it. And that's one of the reasons why they had a new regime change. But the fact that Kirk got pushed, and when he was when, when was he at his best in Washington? When RG three was threatening him. Yep, yep. That's what I want for Goff. I want to see him respond, challenge him, threaten him, say, "Hey, I got someone here that can take your job, buddy." Nate Sudfeld, Tim Boyle, they sure as hell ain't going to do that. David Blau ain't going to do that. I want somebody in here who pushes Goff, and if he can't respond to that then you know he's not the guy. Now, let me tell you. You might not have the other guy in place, but you know the golf isn't. Let me tell That's you. That's why they've got to take a quarterback so high. I That's want end of my thesis. I want Josh Allen. I want Patrick Mahomes. That I, That's who I want, right? But right now, so I got Jared Goff. I got, I, no. I want, no, no. I don't want Anthony Richardson. I don't want AR-15. And I've, I've said that. I think he's a worse version of Fields. I, 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 I've seen him all, all season. I've seen just about every snap he's taken this season. He is not anything that people are talking about. I would not want him. But what I'm going to say, okay, is not that I want Jared Goff. But Jared Goff, if Kirk Cousins with the same stats can take a team to nine and two, there's a lot of work to be done on the rest of this team that isn't at the quarterback position right now. And I'm not thinking that putting a quarterback in there is going to take this team to nine and two, like building out the rest of the team, like building up the defense is going to be. I am all about getting that quarterback, but you're not going to get a Josh Allen. You're not going to get a Patrick Mahomes this year. I don't care who you're looking at. I don't think you're getting that guy at all. And if you're not going to get that guy, 
if you and, and, and you're certain of it, I'm certain that guy doesn't exist. Maybe a good quarterback exists, but you've already got the middling best quarterback in the league who's got who who can take a team to nine to two, nine and two if you got a good comp in, in, in cousins, which I think you do, build the rest of the team. And then and I I saw somebody say, Well, that doesn't always work. Look at the look at the uh, Colts. Yeah, we had a quarterback for twelve years and we couldn't do it with a quarterback. Let's try something different because it's just not working. And Goff is good enough to get a team to the Super Bowl. I think we build the team and then look, we go all in. That's 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 where I'm at on you this. You can still, you still got a, and you can still draft a guy. You can still pick. draft a guy. You've yep, got, yep. Two second round picks. You've got, you got, you've got I don't, plenty of draft capital. To do things. You've got, you've got Capron to go get a guy like Dayron Payne yep. out of Washington. Yep. You can get, you can get Tim Settle from Buffalo if you want to. Yep. He's he's done under contract. Like the free agent class this year, they're going to be able to participate in that. And I think uh, you can get a I, guy to push him. I'm okay with that, right? But you know you're just getting a guy to push him. You're not getting his replacement. Let's be honest. You're not going to find I, I, his replacement. I, I absolutely think that, that you can get his replacement out of this quarterback class. I don't, Ooh, I, don't, I don't I don't. know that, but I would be very confident that C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson or Max Duggan or Cam Ward or – the dude from Shepard, whose name escapes me, who we're going to see at the Senior Bowl, like those guys have enough potential that I would absolutely do it. I wouldn't hesitate to do it. I wouldn't take I wouldn't take Duggan before like the third round. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't take the dude from Shepard. I've never sure. seen him play other than one sure. game. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll evaluate yeah. him better after I see him in person. But there's there's a, this quarterback class is getting unnecessarily crapped on by the big draft media in general. I, I think they're, I think they think it's last year. And I don't like this. Somebody in the Slack asked me to, to rank it. Like my, my QB six right now is Will Levis this year. He would have been QB one last year. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to be high on this class and not I'm comparatively, gonna, I'm going to want them to, they're not going to have a chance to pick that high again, because this team next year even with Jared Goff is, going to be is nine and eight or better. Yep. And you're not going to get to taste that apple. You're not going to get Caleb Williams. Forget that. You're not going to get Derek May. You're not going to get Spencer Rattler. If he's finally pulled his head out of his ass in South but, Carolina, it looks like he might have, which is good but, for him. But, 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 and, 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 and the thing is, is we watch the Rams play really well and go to Super Bowls and still be able to get their quarterback. And we see, their GM able to pull guys deep in the draft. We're seeing a lot of that exact same behavior out of Brad Holmes. Yep. Yep. So I don't mind following that blueprint for a while. I don't mind. Look, I'm not saying you have to get the guy first. I'm not, I'm will. And, and look, I'll, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a dick here just because I am. But you, we heard what you said about James Houston. <laughs> So this is going to be an interesting, either way, again, I'm not saying I'm all in and Goff, Goff is the guy. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm saying I'm, I'm taking a different thought process and a different approach because the last thing I want to do is waste capital on somebody that we're just going to break. I don't want to buy a new car and smash it. Right. I want to, I want to have, I want to be able to take it to speed and have fun with it. And I think if I get myself a great defensive tackle, if I get a great corner, maybe probably another safety, a linebacker, uh, maybe a wide receiver. I mean, there's a lot of things this team could use right now and to put those pieces in place. And then you, you have all the levers in the world, especially if at the point, you know, golf's hit golf, golf. I think it's Goff actually. Everyone's saying Goff. <laughs> Goff. Uh, I think his 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 hit becomes negligible, almost nothing, and um, even then you wind up able to get your guy. And I and he's only twenty seven. So say you keep him until he's twenty nine. 
guess what? He's still tradable. He's still tradable. You're not going to get a first round pick for him, but he's tradable in a package to somebody and he's absolutely serviceable. If somebody's got Zach Wilson right now and thinks that that with with a, a quarterback they can do something much much better or they want a bridge or they want somebody to to uh, mentor their guy, they'll take they'll make a trade. There's there's always options out there. There's the draft, there's trades, there's all kinds of things. I think Indianapolis screwed up. I think Indianapolis screwed up in in in, in not playing the game appropriately they put themselves in a in a crappy spot in a number of ways and and it wasn't just that they couldn't get the the quarterback i don't think they went and got the guy when it was time to go get the guy chris ballard is the most overrated gm in professional sports all right so we're running close on time here is and i just wanted to go through that uh again we're gonna we're gonna continue just to disagree about that because i am very adamant that you have to get your quarterback this year with your first or second depending on where that second pick, where the Lions pick is. Um, I think the Rams pick is going to be three or four. I think the Lions pick is going to be, what is it now, 13? I think mm-hmm. that's probably as low as it would get. I can see them going, like, they, they got a shot at the playoffs. Like, they really do. Um, I don't think they deserve to be there. I don't think they will get there. But they they legitimately have each other. They, they won five of their last six games, and that's plausible. Then they think in the playoffs, and they're picking 21, 22, like, like, I, I think they're going to want to pick in, like, 16, 17. Yep, yep. And that's the range where the good quarterbacks are probably going to be gone. Um, but you can also do something. You've got that extra second-round pick now. It's currently number 62. Yep. Give me 17 and 62 to move up to 12. Mm-hmm. I think we just saw that happen, didn't yep. we? Yep, we sure did. <laughs> yep. I think there's there's all kinds of plays. And I'm not saying they won't, right? I'm saying where I'm at right now and how I would do it if I was if I was Brad Holmes and it's my thinking now. That's also to be said, I have a whole lot of film to watch. I watched a lot of AR-15, but I didn't do a whole lot of, of, of the other guys. So we'll, uh, we'll take a look at that. Um, let's quickly that's zip in. That's a work in progress, and we will be, we will be at the Senior Bowl. We've, we've both committed to being there. Yep. We will have help with us, too. Scott Bishop will be there. It sounds like Sandman's going to be there. It sounds like Colin might be there. We're going to have eyes all over the place in, in Mobile, and they've got – they got some talent coming there. Yeah. By the way, they have some talented quarterbacks coming there yep. that are going to be interesting. And so. I'm willing to change my mind. That's that's the thing, right? I'm I'm absolutely willing to change my mind uh, when we see talent. And and like uh, Justin Herbert is a is a great guy. Where I totally missed. I totally miss on him, and I own it and take it. And you you know we all we all did though. I mean, with him, he was horrible at Senior Bowl. He was horrible. That was he wasn't a, good at or like. We like couldn't judge guy, wide receivers be because none of the quarterbacks be could best. deliver a ball. <laughs> he had one of the best offensive lines in college football history and was still scared behind it. Yeah. And now he goes to the Chargers and he's like, God. He's like, I'm used to this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that one at all, but I'll, I'll take that out. <laughs> all right, really quick. We got a hard stop uh, coming here. So let's talk about playoff. Oh, wait. Yeah, we do have a hard stop, hard stop at the top. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Okay. Uh, so really quick, we want to talk about playoff scenarios. Riz, I'm going to let you go on that really quick and, and just run, and I'm not going to interrupt you. I, I, I just sort of hinted at it a little bit. Like, I think they have to go 5-1. and one. I think 9-8 and eight gets you a playoff spot in the NFC. Um, it really, really helps that they have a tiebreaker over Washington, which is currently the number seven seed in the NFC. That's, that's not insignificant. Can they get there? Maybe. Uh, I think they're going to finish right now. If you put a gun to my head, I think they're going to win four of their last six, which puts them at eight and nine, which by the way, is a incredibly successful season in my opinion, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't think that gets them in. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, 
And I think that if they get in, they are going to be, God, they're going to have to play San Francisco at San Francisco or at, uh, who's the South champ? No, Tampa, no, Tampa, Tampa's going to be the fourth seed because they're five and six in the first place. They're going to win. They're going to, they're going to legitimately win that division when they get to their sixth win because Atlanta is done. Oh. So who's um, Minnesota? They'll have to play Minnesota at Minnesota. At least they're not Philadelphia at Philadelphia. At least Arizona they ain't is winning there, folks. Sorry. At least Arizona uh, isn't I, strapped I, with Matt Ryan, though. Woo. <laughs> good. So I, I, I am not drinking the playoff Kool Aid. I do, I do think they're going to win on a positive note. I think they're going to be building momentum towards next year. And you do get better at winning by winning. That's why you don't tank. You know, you do not get better at winning by losing more. Yep. You get better at winning by learning how to win. We've seen that. Mm-hmm. They and they're gonna. They took a hard lesson last Thursday. I think they're going to apply that. And I think they're going to make better decisions down the stretch because of the decisions that they failed with in the Miami game and the Buffalo game. I, I absolutely believe that. Yeah, I'll be disappointed if they don't. And I think that's why you're building. And you can you see it every year. You saw Cincinnati at the end of Burrow's rookie season. Like they're okay. That team's getting better. Like they're going to be better next year. And they went to the Super Bowl. Uh, Joe Burrow, by the way, and I get to go back to the Andy Dalton thing. Andy Dalton was a guy that could get them to the playoffs every year and never win. Joe Burrow is a guy that might miss the playoffs a year or two, but he's going to get you to a Super Bowl or two. And yeah. I, that's that's the kind of quarterback I want. And I, I don't think Jared Goff is that guy. That's my apology on that. Yep. So yep. playoffs, like, I wouldn't expect the Lions to get there, but they're a second-place team. Do you want to, Let me ask you this. Do you want to throw in the towel and call your six-win prediction wrong yet? No, because I still am lionized. <laughs> All right, I mean, I'm. I'm gonna. I do think that they're gonna overshoot that, but I'm. I'm gonna stay at six and eleven until they make me look stupid. So I'm gonna. I'm gonna just kind of ball walk a little bit. That my number was seven, and the high end was nine. I said I thought it was seven, but with a good stretch, they could get to nine. Just want to put that out there. I, I would say that eight and nine absolutely would not surprise me. Not no. at all. Uh, and I think that should probably be their internal aspiration. Yeah. 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 Um, okay, let's see really quick. Draft order, Rams have them at number three. They, they could wind up second overall thanks to the Rams this year. That's that's incredible. Yeah. That schedule for that, the Rams is wild. Ugly. And, and so, again, Stafford maybe not playing the rest of the year. Cup is out for the year. Aaron Donald. Uh, it sounds like Aaron Donald is out for the year. Like, okay, they got Jalen uh, – Allen Robinson's out for the year. They got – Third and fourth string guards playing. We saw how that worked in Detroit. <laughs> Not good. That, that's like Bryce Perkins. God bless him. Like he's he's a good dude. Um, he's not as good as Tim Boyle. Like Tim Boyle would probably be starting in Los Angeles. Like that. That's where they're at. That's how bad the Rams are right now. They are paying the price for going all in. Really By quick, the way, I'd pay that price happily. Really quick, I'm salty. Says we have one playoff win since segregation. No, no, it's since desegregation. Salty, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Important semantic distinction. 
All right. Um, so yeah, we, we, we've got that. Um, the, the, the Rams are going to give us a, a heck of a pick. That's, that's going to be awesome. Um, great, great year for that. I'm, you know, the, the talk, Kelly Stafford really backed it down on her podcast. Very interestingly, she started talking about, well, I'm not making him quit and he wants to play for the team, but you know, we'll see how it goes. That's the sound of her not wanting to take the blame all of a sudden after going freaky on the whole thing and saying, she's going to move out and pack everything and no one's going to be home. I think when that's an home. accurate read. On yeah. Your part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, be ready to hear the, the, the shutdowns happening over there. And I'll tell you if he decides to, if they decide, because it's a family decision, I am not making fun of him at all. I mean, I'm married. I know what it's like. There's family decisions that get made. Um, if you know, if if he decides that's it, you're gonna watch Donald go. You're gonna watch McVeigh go. You're gonna watch him fold up the the, the tent, and Cup's gonna be like, Where remember, Aaron Donald almost retired this past offseason. That was legit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. Really quick, Jameson Williams coming back. Riz, is he gonna be there Sunday? Are we gonna watch the the 55 yard air pass to Jameson Williams? Everything I've been told from people in Allen Park is that he will indeed play on Sunday, despite what Dan Campbell is trying to diminish his shine. I think he plays. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. I'm, I, I hope he plays. And I, if he does, it's interesting. There's a lot, there's a lot going on under the, under the war, the waters here that we can't talk about. We'll, we'll, it'll, We'll get to that. Let's see him on the field. Let's get him out there and let's uh, let's love our on Wednesday. Uh, from everything I've heard, he looked great. Yep, he looked healthy. That's that's the big thing. I I think you're going to see him get activated. Uh, just in Dan Campbell's gamesmanship world, probably activated Saturday, mm-hmm. um, which they can do. Yep, yep. All right, look ahead to the Jaguars. I want to bang on this really quick here first. Um, I'm going to talk about the defense again. Um, <laughs> Kirk. Uh, is is and Jones are gonna be they're gonna be they're gonna be trouble. Yeah, we know Marvin Jones; he can play. <laughs> um, Etienne could be out. Is he gonna be? Have you heard uh, he, his potential that he could be out? He didn't practice today, correct? He's gonna be listed as doubtful. Um, mm. the Jaguars person that I talked to thinks that he is in fact gonna play, but he's not gonna be hundred percent. Okay, sort of like what we saw from DeAndre Swift in weeks two, three, four. Yep. 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 Um, I'm going to just talk about Marvin Jones really quick. Um, he knows what he de- need, what he needs to do if he wants to sell cakes. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, from an offensive perspective, look, they're, they're linebackers. I don't want to say they suck, but God, they suck. Uh, Muma, the they're rookie really in there. The run, though. Yep. Yep. Like, the, they, they will stop the run. Yep. Absolutely. But, but uh, the pass, uh, they don't have it. They, they don't have it. Um, they have one corner and Tyson Campbell, but Tarek Brown is just Arsk. He's just not your guy at all. Um, I, I think his PFF rank was like 30 something or something. It's really, really bad. Um, they're, they're line 50, 50, they're the defensive line. So I think we'll, I feel like we'll be good even with our injuries, the way they've been playing our offensive line should be in good shape, giving golf some time. Um, uh, their safeties, Andre Cisco stand out. He's, 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 he's a great and safety injured and he is going to be probably questionable for this game. Yeah. And uh, but Rayshon Jenkins, particularly if he's on this, if he's uh, sided up with Monteric Brown, that is where you attack. If you're the Lions, if those two guys are the same side of the field, throw, throw, throw that ball. <laughs> Rayshon Jenkins is a strong safety only. That means you don't want him in coverage. <laughs> exactly. He, again, a really good open field tackler and a pretty good like in the box type of run defender. He can't turn and run with anybody. 
Yeah. 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 So uh, anything else you want to, you want to hit on the, on the Jags Riz? anything I missed? I will just say that for all of the people that crap on, on Trevor Lawrence, watch what he's done the last month or so. That's a really, really good quarterback on the other side of the field this weekend. And he needs to be treated as such. He needs to be respected as such. I know he got off to a slow start. Some of that's on Urban Meyer. Some of that's on the supporting cast. He's played really well lately. Uh, And if you didn't watch the Ravens game, I would strongly encourage you to watch how they beat the Baltimore Ravens and watching John Harbaugh freaking melt down as a coach and lose his team a game because of coaching decisions that Harbaugh directly made. And I would dare say that John Harbaugh is one of the three best head of NFL head coaches. So that made me personally feel a lot better about Dan Campbell screwing up situations because even the best do it. Yep. They prove it every week. We saw, we saw in, in Tampa, Tampa Bay should have beaten Cleveland in regulation. They lost because Tom Brady took an awful sack and their, their head coach didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> Like there are good teams and great coaches around the league who screw up the same way Dan Campbell does. Stop bagging on him for that. Yep. yep My yep, lesson yep. from week 12. There you go. All right. Um, really quick. Don't forget to like, and subscribe. If you're watching, you can just hit that like button. It helps out a lot and it's really easy to do. And uh, we appreciate that you're doing that, uh, hitting that like button for us. So thank you for doing that. Also the subscribe button, a lot of stuff coming up. Like we talked about with senior bowl and draft season's getting ready to start. And we're going to, I mean, we know, you know, we're itching to, to jump into that, but there's some football to be played and it's really weird to be talking about, you know, the second or third overall pick for the lions and playoffs in the same show. But this is the crazy world we live in right now. And, and I'm loving it. I am absolutely loving this place. So uh, make sure to hit the, the bell, the subscribe, the like button. Thank you everybody for, for doing that. Also don't forget about St. Jude.org slash DLP. Also our 24 hour show coming. Great giveaways auction.dlp auction.detroitlionspodcast.com go there there's some great items up there that you can get a hold of uh some really really good stuff um let's see what else do we have seatbelt gang don't forget about that seatbeltgang.com and amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com for all your stuff they give us a little piece of the pie as well as uh fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com get all your good stuff there don't forget also Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, the very, very best place to get the ultimate Lions information. The Slack chat is the best. $5 a month donation on Patreon will get you access to the Slack and you'll meet some of the greatest people. You'll, Riz, Chris, that's me, Sandman, Case even, Ash, we're, we, we all hang out there. We all talk and it's a great, uh, great place to be all day. Really, really good stuff goes on there. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast and J-E-F-F Risden, as you see written there, Jeff Risden on Twitter. You'll see some great stuff and have a lot of fun. Um, you're going to love, you're going to love our coverage of the draft coming up with, with, with Scott and Riz and, and myself and Colin and you're going to say, man, you're going to just love what we've got coming. It's going to be the best, most complete coverage of anybody in Detroit media. I guarantee it. 110%. We've been building for this. We've been training for this. We've been in the, in the film room every day, working our thumbs. We got this. Uh, also don't forget to go to Detroit. Oh, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions podcast or call us in the Lions line. New, new number here, folks. 248-782-8384. That's the line, the line we use after the game. 248-782-8384. Also, 248-RUB-U-FUG. <laughs> One words. 248-RUB-U-FUG. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast so we can... What do we do, Riz? <laughs>
much of your ear holes on magic. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, and no Aaron Rodgers because we are your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. If you're Riz, there's no golf either. <laughs> Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.